there are two readings today. The first one is from Romans 8, verses 22 to 27. And the second is Philippians 4, verses 4 to 7. We know that the whole creation has been groaning, as in the pains of childbirth, right up to the present time. Not only so, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption to sonship, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved. But hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. And the second, Philippians 4, 4-7. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we, um, we just ask that you would open our hearts to your truths, to your word. We thank you for this extraordinary gift of prayer. And as we think about that now, Lord, just encourage us and um, speak to us, we pray. Amen. Every Monday morning, an automatic message appears on my phone telling me how much screen time I've had during the past week. And this week it said you were up by 10% on last week with a daily average of one hour, 57 minutes. And if I click on the message, it will tell me exactly which apps I've been on and for how long. And it made me think... A message like that appeared once a week about my prayer life. So it might say, you were up by 10% with an average of one hour, 30 minutes of prayer, five minutes of adoration, 10 minutes of contemplation, 15 minutes of intercession, 30 minutes of petition, and 30 minutes when we weren't quite sure what you were doing. To be honest, I'd love my daily prayer time to match my screen time. I don't think it does, but that said, it might be that there's more prayer going on than I give myself credit for. That actually, while walking our dog Maggie, or sat at the traffic lights, or after a conversation with someone, bump into, while watching the news, or Preparing my talks, my thoughts are turning more often to prayer than I realise. But when it comes to corporate prayer, how is our prayer life as a church? What message might pop up on our collective church on the Heath phone if we had one? 
How much time do we spend in prayer as a body? And, and what are the different kinds of prayer that we pray? Timothy Keller helpfully suggests that there are two schools of thought when, when it comes to prayer. One says that prayer is all about contemplation. It's about our, our sitting quietly in the presence of God, hearing his voice, enjoying just being with him. Others see prayer as more of a, a wrestling, a struggling, coming to God, pleading for the broken world, his kingdom to come. So for one, it's more about presence and contemplation. The other school of thought is about struggle and contending for people and for our world. I guess the truth is that the best prayer is the one that flows out of the other. And uh, it's great that this term in our home groups, we've been studying the prayer course. And I've heard really, really good comments from other home groups. Ours has been getting a lot out of it. So what I want to do this morning is think about our call to prayer as a church and the different ways that we respond to that call. So I'm not going to be talking so much about the power of prayer or the mystery of prayer. Rather, I want to remind us of the different ways that we already answer the call to pray and how we might answer it. So I'm going to say a few words about personal prayer, Sunday intercession, prayer ministry, rhythm of prayer, and when we're called to a season of prayer. So let's start with personal prayer. What I want to say about this is the depth of the prayer life of a church is closely linked to the depth of the prayer life of those who make up the church. Who we are individually has a huge bearing on what we are corporately. And if you're anything like me, then you'll know that personal prayer is often a struggle. And if you believe in spiritual warfare, as I do, then that shouldn't come as a surprise. And that's why prayer is at once both the easiest and the most difficult thing to do. And I don't know if you've found, like I do, that once you resolve to set aside a time of regular prayer, you find all kinds of distractions and delays come your way. The demands of those you live with, the pressure of your job, the draw of your devices, the tyranny of the urgent, tiredness just to the pace of life that we live, they all conspire against you as you determine to establish a regular habit of focused prayer. But if we can establish some kind of pattern of prayer daily, that not only strengthens our own faith, but also the faith of the church that we're called to serve. And I'm just going to read you this little story that Pete Gregg recounts in his book, To Pray. And it's this, advertising executive became a Christian, but said that he was too busy to carve out a daily time of prayer. It's easy for you, he told his new pastor. You have all the time in the world, but I can't fit anything else into my life. But the pastor pushed back with a gentle challenge. I've always managed to make time for the things I really value. That new believer went away and bought himself a really nice rocking chair, set it down in front of a window in his house, and began to get up just 20 minutes earlier each day to sit in it 
read the Bible, and pray. As he maintained this simple daily rhythm, his wife and colleagues began to notice that he was becoming less scattered, more peaceful and kind. That rocking chair was becoming his thin place. Months turned into years. A daily discipline became a holy habit. And then one morning, as he sat there rocking, the Lord invited him to quit his job, sell the family home, and relocate to a new town where a church needed his help. It was a life-changing moment that launched his entire family into a new and remarkably fruitful season of life. Several years later, that successful executive was diagnosed with a particularly aggressive form of incurable cancer, but he continued to keep his appointments with God each morning in that chair. During his last remaining days, he found strength there in prayer for the hardest transition of them all. The day of his funeral dawned, and a friend found his leaving wife gazing at the rocking chair. What are you going to do with it now, he inquired. Oh, we're going to pass it down to our children and grandchildren, he replied without hesitation. I love to think of them sitting in it the way my husband did, unburdening their hearts, listening to the Lord, letting him shape and direct their lives. And Pete Gregg goes on to ask, where is your chair? For my wife, it's a daily dog walk and weekly appointments with God in a particular coffee shop. For a teacher in our church, it's her classroom where she shows up half an hour early to pray quietly over every single desk. For a student who recently came to faith from a Sikh background, it's her car. Driving is my sanctuary, told me. I play worship music really loud and my family can't stop me. Wherever you find your chair, try to visit daily. Let it become your thin place, a sacred space that helps you walk and talk with God through the many twists and turns of life. Find your chair. Do you have your chair? And just to say that if you visit the Church on the Heath website, we've got lots of suggestions for apps um, to and aids to uh, daily prayer that I know many of you uh, all already use. Just on the homepage, it's got want to pray, and you can just go, go there. The second form of prayer I want to talk about it's just not working, Denise. I don't know if it's you or it's this, but we're going to have to replace one of them. <laughs> no, 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 stay, stay, stay. I'm joking, I'm joking. Um, yeah, if I can have the next one, please. Thank you. Sunday intercessions. To intercede is to intervene on another's behalf. And a few moments ago, Ross stood up to lead our intercessions, prayers for our church, for the world, for our mission of the month, and for ourselves. And these are moments when together we bring the needs of others to God, and we kind of enfold what's happening in our prayers. And over the past few days, I know Ross has spent time in prayer himself as he's prepared to draw our hearts together in corporate prayer. I read an article recently about a woman who one Sunday visited a church that she hadn't been to before. 
She said the song worship was amazing, the sermon was biblical and powerful, the people were friendly, and the coffee and the conversation after the service was great. But she realized as she drove home that at no point in the service was there any reference to or anything to reflect what was going on in the outside world. It was all just about what God was doing in the life of the church and the people there. And I think Sunday intercessions have this really important place in our worship where they serve as a window that opens us up to the joys and sorrows of the outside world as part of our worship. In our reading from Romans 8, Paul talks about all creation groaning as it awaits the moment when God's kingdom will come in all its fullness. And through our intercessions, we turn our hearts as part of our worship to those places in the world where creation and nations are groaning. Ukraine, Israel, Gaza, Yemen. And together we lift our heartbroken world and all this grieving to God as we enfold them in our worship. Another way we used to do this was on the first Sunday afternoon of every month. The, the prayer gathering was called It's Not Okay. And either in person or online, we would, we would meet to pray for the needs of the world. Christine Oldfield set this up and she led it for uh, five years until about, until about six months ago. And um, what I found so helpful was that these kind of massive and often distressing things that we read about, that we don't know what to do with, here was a moment where we could bring them before God. And I just didn't feel quite so helpless. I felt I was doing something important, was in some small way making, making a difference. And I, I felt I was doing, doing something about it. And if there's anyone here who feels they would like to get this happening once more and commit to taking a lead, that would be a blessing to so many of us and, of course, to all those who, in a sense, are blessed by our prayers. So let me know if you think that that's something you would like to take, take a lead on. I think we would meet sometimes in person, often on, online. The third thing... Our third expression of prayer, if I could have that up, Denise, is prayer ministry. Now, prayer ministry is when one person comes alongside another and asks God to bless them, strength and wholeness and healing, and for the Holy Spirit to touch their lives in some way. The word ministry means to serve. So prayer ministry is literally one person serving another through prayer. So at the end of a talk, we might issue an invitation to those who would just like to step forward and come for prayer. The theme of the talk is hope. We might say uh, something like, if you're really struggling with hope right now, or you're facing a situation where you need hope, we'd love to pray with you for God to bless you and to bring you hope in the midst of what you're going through. And then as you come up and stand there, one of the prayer team will just draw alongside you, maybe place a hand on your shoulder, and then just quietly ask God to fill you with hope. In fact, David, 
do you just want to step up? I can see that you need hope right now. <laughs> so I just say, can, can I just place a hand, a hand on your shoulder? And then in praying for him, it might be just few words. There are no kind of magic words or formulas. It's just simply here, putting my hand on uh, David's shoulder and just quietly acting as a, a kind of a channel, really, for the Holy Spirit to come and bless and bless David. If I pray in tongues, which I do, I might just quietly, quietly speak in tongues. In our reading in Romans also, that the Spirit intercedes for us with sighs too deep for words. And sometimes we can just use a spiritual, a spiritual language to just minister the Holy Spirit and just quietly wait. And it um, might be those who are part of the prayer team before the service, just waiting on God for a word, a word of knowledge. And that is simply a picture or a word or a phrase that they just sense God give them. And they might come up and say, I sense God is saying this. And that might speak directly to someone here. And that can then lead to a powerful, a powerful time of prayer. So it's nothing magical, but it's absolutely God just wanting to fill and encourage and bless. So the prayer is not so much about the difficult situation that you're facing, but about how God is going to equip you to just trust and go on strong, strong in him. So you can sit down, all right, full of hope. <laughs> Great. Rosie, is there anything that you'd want to add about, about prayer ministry? Because I know that this is a, a ministry that's very much on your on your heart yeah I mean I've been blessed so many times I think when I've been meeting in a meeting or in a church service where you know when you have those moments where you think gosh God is just nudging me or something just hits you in your heart and then I simply will go up to someone who's there to pray with them and it's not it's not because God said there's a problem there Rosie you need to sort it out it's simply because I'm sensing God wants to bless me further and um, and I've really grown in my faith as a result of that mm -hmm. and um, and we believe it's really important here and I know I've heard many people say it's really hard to come forward I get that I really do but there's something about making yourself a little bit vulnerable and about stepping out of your comfort zone that God really honors. And I would just want to say, we've had people, we've got, we have got a prayer ministry team. It's a little bit depleted and a little bit tired at the moment. And so we haven't been offering it in the way that we used to. But if this is something you think, yes, I really want to offer, um, can you please come and speak with me after or with Patrick? And we want to get it going again so that we can be offering that regularly in our services. We know this happens throughout the week as well, and that is amazing. And we don't want that to stop. In fact, it probably happens all the time during the week. But we want to offer it very specifically during our Sunday services. So, um, And even if you're part of the ministry team, come and say to me, yes, I want to carry on doing that um, because that's encouraging to know that God's sort of saying to you, yes, please carry on in this ministry or no, I want to start you in this. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. And um, so to say that even though it's quite a personal kind of prayer, we'll often for prayer ministry after a service and it'll kind of usually be there. In, in the corner, and on, on purpose, we keep it public and 
keep it visible. And that's because it's visible, it's safe. And also when it's, it's kind of public, so there are people kind of drinking coffee while others are praying, normalizes prayer. It's just the normal and natural part of what we do. Our mission statement as a church is that everyone can encounter the transforming love of Jesus. And that's one of the ways that, 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 that people can encounter Jesus in a very, a very personal way. Ministry also is a key part of Alpha. When we had our whole church Alpha at the beginning of this year, we had our way day and many of you were prayed for just to be blessed and touched by, by the Holy Spirit. And also in home groups, it's a really good place to um, offer and receive ministry there too. On to our fourth one, the rhythm of prayer. Meet for our rhythm of prayer every Monday morning at 9am upstairs in the gallery. Usually around 10 to 15 of us attend. And it's simply half an hour of quiet prayer, which includes set prayers, a time of silence, reading a psalm together, and then open prayer when we pray mostly for our church, but also for the world and for things going on in our lives. So it's a meeting that is, that's a kind of a mixture of contemplation, starting the week in God's presence, but also intercession. And it's open to anyone that would like to come Monday morning at 9 a.m. And lastly, call prayer. This is when we call the church to a season of prayer, usually when we sense God leading us in a certain direction and we want to discern what God is saying to the church. And we've responded to this call to prayer in different ways. Sometimes it's simply inviting us as a church to gather on a Saturday morning. But other times it's been for a whole week of 24-7 continuous prayer. The last time we did this was Easter in 2022, when we set up a a tent there in the corner, and for 168 hours of Holy Week, one after the other, people signed up to come and pray morning, noon, and night, a different person or two or three people each hour. And we were just coming out of COVID, and it was a time of kind of offering ourselves as a church once more as we entered a new season. And I remember just over 10 years ago when Rosie and I came for interview here, And we were aware of continuous prayer going on. I think it was in what is now the photocopying room as the interview process was uh, was, was happening. And that gave us confidence when it came to accepting the invitation to come here, that this appointment had been soaked in prayer. And the church on the heath is a church that prays. So to draw things to a close... You'll know from an email that I sent out earlier this week that the ECC leadership team are calling us as a church to prayer once more. We believe there's so much more that God wants to do in us and through us in the next few years. And we're sensing that the time is right to move ahead with the search for an associate minister, or the time may be right. Someone who can join the staff team and help us grow in discipleship and outreach and grow the work here. But this will require a step of faith. So we want to gather to pray and fast, if you fast, to get a clearer sense of what is calling us to at this time, what we need at this time, and to ask God to give us the faith we need 
to move ahead with this if it's his will. So the week after next, we'll be calling us all to come and pray. And there'll be various sessions, if I can have the next slide. 9am on Monday the 4th, 8pm also on Monday the 4th of December, 12.30 on Wednesday the 6th, 6am on Thursday the 7th, and 10am on Saturday the 9th. Each session lasting perhaps an hour, hour and a half maybe. Succumb to whichever, as many of the sessions as you would like to, stay for all or part of the time, and join us as corporately we seek God in this season of prayer. So, rocking chairs, intercessions, rhythms of prayer, prayer ministry, we're called to pray on our own and as a church.